Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. All right, so today I'm here with Vic Ingram, who is the newly appointed chairman of the Board of Supervisors. Vic, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Good morning. Thank you, Caleb. So I guess to start, you know, if you just kind of want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, your, you know, your past experience and how, how you ended up on the board. I retired in 2009 from the Pennsylvania County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. I've been there 30 years, but I had a total of 34 years in police work. And I was, uh, you know, I retired and I was trying to run three small businesses and, and uh, stay out of trouble. And the next <laughs> thing you know, I got approached with the possibility of running for office. And I, I, I gave it some thought and um, I talked to my wife. And this is the way I break it down. You think about something, then you pray about it. So when you start thinking, <laughs> is it something I'd be interested in? And then the prayerful part is, is this something that, um, that I'm truly led to do? Mm-hmm. And so once I had the peace through prayerful consideration, um, you know, I went and, uh, of course, made the announcement, got my petitions to go on the ballot. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to the incumbent, who at the time was Tim Barber, and Tim was very gracious. And, and we were friends and still are friends, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I ran against Tim and another candidate and was fortunate enough to, to win the seat, took office January 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. And so from that point to now, two years later, here I sit as a chairman, and never in a million years would I have dreamed, first of all, to be on the board, more or less right. being the board chairman. I'll never forget one thing that was shared during the orientation, is, uh, which was in December of 19, is that it's like drinking from a fire hose. So mm-hmm. having been a volunteer fireman um, and understanding the pressure of a fire hose, that was very mild in what I have seen. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about me, and and. I, I try to be extremely honest and candid. When people ask me something, I try to give them the, the, the best honest answer. And sometimes it may not be the best educated answer because I will tell you right now, my background is not in finance. It's not in, in administration per se. But one thing that I, I, I do know is uh, I've got some common sense and I know what the people of this county are looking for. Mm-hmm. So you've been on the board two years at this point, and and as you mentioned, were appointed chairman the other night during the reorganizational meeting. You know, some other other things happened during that meeting, namely you terminating the contract of of county administrator David Smitherman. So I just sort of wanted to open that up to you and and hear from you firsthand. You know, why why that decision was made and why that decision was made so quickly into the the new board members being sworn in. Well, I, I can promise you this: it was a decision that was thoughtfully and prayerfully. Um, considered. When I was campaigning, I had people in, in the Tunstall district ask me point blank, if you're if we vote for you, will you terminate David Smitherman? And I had to honestly say, listen, no, I'm not going to trade a, a shallow promise for a vote. What I will do is if elected, I will uh, work with him, try to get to know him and then evaluate you know, where, where we can go from there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think most people realize that we, we've had our differences over the past two years without expanding on that. You know, having said that, the three new candidates, being Daryl Dalton, uh, Jesse Barksdale, Tim Cheshire, they, their their campaign was basically a referendum on David Smitherman and the operation of, of this county. And many had referred to it as a good old boys club. And, and I totally hate, and I hate to even repeat that, but that's what people say. And, um, you know, I, I'm not trying to belittle anybody in saying that, but from the perception of the people, 
it was a, just a, a, a handful of people that were making all the decisions. Well, in essence, government is a handful of people making decisions, but those decisions has to be based on the desires of your constituents. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I came out uh, very early on <laughs> and caught a lot of slack for support, supporting Jesse Barksdale, Daryl Dalton, and Tim Cheshire. But um, out of the three, I, I, I really only knew two of them. Uh, I've known Tim since uh, the early nineties, mm-hmm. just a wonderful person. Daryl, I worked with him when he, when I was with the County, mm-hmm. um, there was nothing, nothing that you could ask of Daryl Dalton that he did not bend over backwards to make happen. He was such a, a good, hardworking person. And as far as Mr. Barksdale, you know, what I knew about him is that he was really well respected. And, and so looking at uh, the, the candidates and looking at the ones that were in, currently in office, I, I knew who I was going to support. I came out early on mm-hmm. and, and I made the comment that David Smitherman was just passing through. He's here for a paycheck. And as evidenced by the Danville Register and being article uh, yesterday, I think, he clearly said that he had another job lined up. So I didn't talk with him about that. But, you know, again, he was looking to leave. So as far as what we did, it was based on the the, the request, the demands of the people. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have anybody that I can say that came up to me and said, listen, David Smitherman is is the greatest thing ever. Please don't fire him. Nobody said that. What everybody said was that he needs to go. He's been here long enough. You know, taking again, taking to heart what the people have demanded, that was the basis of the election. When you look at the numbers, I mean, Tim Cheshire beat the incumbent Joe Davis like two to one, and mm-hmm. then with uh, Jesse Barksdale and Charles Miller, uh, once again, that was a substantial victory for Jesse Barksdale and having him return to this board. And then with Daryl Dalton, he had a tough race. You know, with the, the, the new board, we were able to, to meet several times leading up to our official reorganizational meeting. Mm-hmm. And we talked about things. And it was a very open, honest roundtable discussion about where we needed to take the county if uh, the majority and ended up on our side. We, we looked at what, what's, you know, what do we need to do first? How, how do we uh, express the will of the people? And in, you know, in what timely manner. And so we, we looked at that. Uh, and at that point, we decided that uh, it's no need to mess around, that uh, Mr. Smitherman had to go. And so we, we brought that resolution up mm-hmm. and we cast a vote and he is now terminated. And I don't want to sound heartless about that because, you know, even people I don't like, you know, I'm going to still use as much compassion and understanding as I can because mm-hmm. everybody has a family, everybody has bills, and everybody needs to work and survive. And I'm very mindful of that. But I'm also mindful that, that David has some really good talents. And it's no doubt in my mind that um, that he could find another job pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But it was not going to be here. And like I said, with the Danville Register and B article, I mean, you already had a job lined up. And so that, to me, speaks that his commitment to this county was not what he had portrayed because he was looking to move on. And, and that's, that's, a, that's his call. That's personal. So we decided not to prolong that move. We went ahead and executed it. Many people absolutely resented the fact that the, the, the old board decided to, uh, I guess, issue a golden parachute for Mr. Smitherman. I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was wrong, and I didn't support it. I walked out of the closed session meeting because I was not going to sit in there and listen to some of the stuff I was having to listen to. 
I came out into the auditorium and, and I voted and spoke publicly about my thoughts. We had just, just issued Mr. Smitherman a contract through 2024 and gave mm-hmm. him a little bit of a bump in January of 2020. I, I just think that was bad business and giving him that, uh, that uh, bonus pay or whatever you want to call it, that's the people's money. So we decided that not only were we going to terminate him, but we were going to be fair in honoring the initial contract that was that was agreed upon January 1st, 2020. And so that's what we agreed to do. And so as far as the difference in benefits, the additional three months of severance pay uh, and that one-time bonus, we just decided that, you know, if, if he was going to fight us, that it would cost more in litigation than would it be worth. But that that's his call. But I think in all fairness, we were, we were committed to honor the initial contract mm-hmm. as written. And that's why we rescinded the resolution in December of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and there were some other misconceptions that, that came about during that time period that, that I and or the new board was going to come over here and clean house. People yearn for something to say to sometimes get attention or to try to prove a point or try to make you look bad. It's a variety of reasons why people say what they say. You know, what, what I did say is that we were going to evaluate our, our government, you know, we are so committed to being all about the people's business. Mm-hmm. Politics is what puts you here. Honesty and integrity is what carries you through this process. Mm-hmm. And so if if we act with honesty and integrity and we do what the people ask, in theory, you'll be here as long as you want to be here. If you don't, they will remember you in that election year mm-hmm. uh, of you know, November of 2023. I lose a lot of sleep. I'm not ashamed to say that because I worry about a lot of stuff, and I know I shouldn't. But one thing I don't worry about is the fact that I've, I've done what I said I would do, and I've done it honestly. Speaking of honesty, I, I've got to just touch on something real quick. Mm-hmm. And there's a colleague that is constantly trying to d- destroy me personally, destroy my credibility, uh, send me to prison, and it's very sad, but um, I hope that we can get past that, that we could come together as a team and, and, and work for the common good of the people. So I, I just wanted to reiterate to the people and anybody that's listening is that the majority of this board is absolutely committed to putting aside politics and coming together as a team and working together for the good. And, you know, really just want to transition now into, you know, you mentioned that you felt like the election, you all felt like the election was sort of a referendum on not just Mr. Smitherman, but the direction of Pittsylvania County and the direction that we are going. Yes. So obviously, you know, you have made the first step in that, but what moving forward it, are, are the board's priorities? What are your focus areas? What are you what are you all hoping to accomplish in the next two years? Well, the, the biggest things prior to the, I guess, prior to the election was this Mr. Smitherman. And, and of course, uh, we, we've taken care of that, and, and I do wish him well. But fire and rescue, those wonderful men and women that have uh, sacrificially served this county for years and years and years, they have, they've, they've gotten some bad press. They've had some cheap shots. They have received treatment that I think is just, um, just sadly pathetic. You know, for the, a county this size to have 21 volunteer agencies most of which do a fabulous job. And I think about, uh, I'm going to start in my district. I think <laughs> about Brazel and I think about Tunstall and Cascade is just like a mover and shaker. Mm-hmm. And then you come over to to Blair's and, and Ringo. My goodness, you look at what Mike Neal and his crew has done out there and you go up north to Gretna with Ben Meeks 
and Cool Branch. And mm-hmm. I mean, I could a lot go, of these being people we featured on this podcast for the great work that they've done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, I, I, I just cannot thank them enough. And there's been some controversial things that have happened. I don't want to, you know, beat that old drum, but they deserve better. And so uh, I think, once again, the fire and rescue community, which is the heart and soul of most communities, they, in essence, spoke. And they spoke that they wanted a change in leadership, that they would be recognized for their good deeds, which is basically a free service, even though we do supplement them. And then to second-guess them and their board of directors on money. You know, if you get out here and you work for your money and you buy a fire truck, I'm going to say, hallelujah, let's get a bottle of wine and christen that truck, (laughs) you know? I'm not going to chastise you and and demean you because you were able to sell stew to buy a fire truck. That was another comment that was made that, that really hit home with me because when I was a volunteer fireman, we worked really hard by selling stew and selling tickets to chicken and fish fry and running bingos to pay for fire trucks for that community. So, um, you know, I think about what I had to go through back in the 70s, <laughs> going into the 80s as being a volunteer fireman. And, you know, past the, the, the fact that you're doing a fundraiser to raise money to buy a piece of equipment that you need, it, it, it's that camaraderie, it's that history, it's who we truly are as a community. And why would you ever say anything bad about that? So if this department wants to have 10 stews a year, go buy stew, man. Support them. Don't talk about them. So anyway, uh, fire and rescue became a hot topic. Mm -hmm. And I think we are going to uh, go through the reorganization. I think it's very fair what we're looking at. We're not going to make everybody happy. But in talking with my colleagues, having each supervisor being given one vote for their district mm-hmm. to where they will pick somebody that's that's well-versed in fire and rescue, either through the board or through service. Mm-hmm. And then each quadrant, we're going to leave those alone, the respective fire departments will pick a, a, a citizen representative. Mm-hmm. So you get the best of both worlds. So you end up with 11 people. We'll have a board position, which I will be the new board rep, but mm-hmm. I will not have voting rights. Right. And then we'll have a, a, a fire association rep. And that's just an additional layer of coverage for our fire and rescue people. Mm -hmm. And so we will have total faith and confidence that these 11 men and hopefully women will make great decisions that they'll send up to the Board of Supervisors. And collectively, we can cast a vote to help whatever department is is asking for help. Mm -hmm. And, And there's been much said about the increased support of fire and rescue. I have to agree. It's wonderful. But, you know, over the past two years, when you've been given over $20 million, you better spend it wisely. So I think it's somewhat uh, disingenuous to pat yourself on the back too awfully much. You know, we've, we've done some things with that money, and we've helped fire and rescue. And it's like, well, that's what we're here to do anyway. I, I just, you know, the commitment that we have is to, to work on issues and to make fire and rescue a thriving part of this of this county as as it should be, and to help them any way that we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I do just want to um, clarify something. So you're talking about the Fire and Rescue Commission and the changes to that. So yeah. previously, just for those listening, it was eight members and then one representative from the Board of Supervisors. It was you know the county was divided into four quadrants, four board appointed fire and rescue representative and four board appointed citizen representatives. The change that Mr. Ingram is talking about is one fire and rescue representative from every election district. So that's seven. And then continuing with the four business leaders or citizens appointed by fire and rescue members. So just wanted to clarify that. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, Caleb. And, and that would give you 11. That'll give you a tiebreaker. And if, if by some chance somebody uh, misses a meeting, then the, the fire association rep 
would be that deciding vote. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's, like I said, that's uh, about as fair as we can make it. And that's being, there has to be a public hearing to vote on that in January, be, correct? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Being, being a, a county ordinance, we have to have a public hearing. It has to be advertised minimum of two weeks mm-hmm. before we can um, make make any moves. And and that may be tweaked a little bit between now and then, but but I think um, that that is the most fair way to do it. This way, regardless of whether or not you get along with everybody, you're going to have a vote, and that's fair. Because, see, you may not like me, but I represent the people of the Tunstall District. They put me in office, and they can take me out, but I, I represent them. Mm-hmm. So you may not like me, but don't cheat my people out of, uh, out of their ability to have input in our government. You know, we're, we're talking about fire and rescue as being one of the, the top priorities. What do you see as the other priorities that you all have? Yeah. The, the, the next big thing, and, and it, it, I guess in essence could run parallel, is going to be assessment. Um, listen, I voted for Bright Minds. I heard presentations from three companies. One of them did not even resonate with me. Wingate, I was not impressed. And so I, I felt like that company who had done the assessments here for many years uh, had, had fell behind the times. Mm-hmm. When Bright Minds came through, they were very, uh, they were young, they were very professional, they presented very well, they were local, they used the most advanced technology, drones, some people hate that, but I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the times in which we live. Mm-hmm. And they were cheaper. And, and against the wishes of, of um, some, some people that I think a lot of and, and embrace their opinion, I had to vote my conscience. And so I voted for Bright Minds. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's been an absolute mess. There's no doubt about that. You know, my house alone uh, went up 41000 but my land went down three. That don't make any sense. Uh, I looked at one assessment. It was, uh, I don't recall the exact numbers, but it was a dwelling of like value assessed at 29000 and it went up to like 214000 How do you go from twenty nine to two fourteen? I had other complaints of where, uh, and and let me go back to mine. There was things that was listed on my newest assessment that is not there. We don't have that. And and so with the establishment of the uh, Board of Equalization, you know, I've already made a uh, recommendation for that board. This will be comprised of citizens to look at the uh, the appeals by the people. Mm-hmm. But one thing, Caleb, I'm hoping is once we are given clearance or guidance through the state mm-hmm. Department of Taxation as to what they've seen with what, you know, the audit, what they're looking right. at, and looking at some other counties that's had problems with Bright Minds, we, we're going to make the best decision for the, for the citizens. I can promise you that. I was just really saddened that, first of all, the citizens got a very threatening letter. So that that was bad. And, and then the assessment, you know, once it started coming out and people were just absolutely just infuriated with the numbers. I was very concerned as to the table that they entered into the software where the numbers came up with. And and, and I know that's a overall a big process and I don't understand all the dynamics or particulars that go into that. But what I do know is that it's not good. And I don't care where you live, your property should never go up or down with such inconsistency as what we've seen. And, and so we're going to take an extremely hard look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I think, I mean, you know, as in last month in December, you got, you all decided to have the Department of Taxation come in and look at it. And I think, you know, if, if there are any questions at all, that that's a wise move to bring in an outside third party to to be able to look at this. Oh, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that's who we have to lean on. And, and I'm very thankful that the state's willing to come and do that. Mm-hmm. Very grateful for Judge Moreau for signing an order, giving us a 90-day mm-hmm. extension, which started January 1. 
But, you know, Caleb, even if the state came back and said, well, you know, they did this, this, and this, I'm still not going to accept the numbers. We're still going to do something about it. So that means one of two things, adjusting the, the numbers that was put into the system that, that ended up being the assessment numbers, or we're going to throw the whole thing out and start all over again. I don't know what that would cost us, and I'm not in favor of that. I, I, I just, you know, I've got to talk to the experts in that field and, mm-hmm. and, and let them help guide, guide me and, and guide this board on what is best, what is most cost effective. But it just grieved me so that going through the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and now New Year's, that we had citizens, uh, young and old alike, that were just worried to death that I'm going to have to pay this bill in June. And with those highly um, inflated numbers. And, and I just, I grieved over that. I really did. There's a lot of people that simply do not, do not like what assessment rates they were given. And it's our job to fix it. Now, one supervisor said, oh, all we got to do is roll back the tax rate. No, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I do hope after the assessment is finalized and, and we... We have come to the decision as what we need to do. I do hope that people will be happy, realizing that there's be a lot of people that won't be happy because nobody likes to pay taxes. But we just hope that at the end of that process, collectively, people would be understanding uh, that you know this is something that has to be done by law every four years. And they'll look at this tax rate, and they don't see a tremendous increase from last year. And they'll say, okay, well, this is pretty much what I've been having to pay. I'm good, good with that. And people have been so good about paying their taxes. And again, we're thankful for that because that's what keeps the machine uh, running. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the fuel that keeps government uh, in operation. And and then at the end of that, if there was any conceivable way to cut taxes or to sustain what we have, that's going to be my vote. uh, Unless Kim Van der Heiden comes over and says, listen, over the past years, this is what's happened. This is what we got to do. And we got to raise a tax. To That's going to be a tough decision, Mm -hmm. but I am not going to promote uh, uh, raising our taxes, and um, I'm just hoping that we'll be able to to cut them, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and you mentioned the tax rate. You would think, I mean, because property values are up, regardless of how much they're up based on the assessment, they're up across the country. So you would think the tax rate is going to drop, but how much that affects individual property owners remains to be seen with with what you all end up doing with this assessment. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, we've got some good folks on the board that are all about the people. And and I know in my heart that they're going to do everything conceivable to to fix this assessment mess Mm -hmm. and to work on that tax rate. And again, if we have to leave it where it's at, you know, that to me, that would with with the rise, that would almost be a plus. But if we can work to reduce it, that'll be even better. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I, I don't know that that's even feasible, but I'm just being honest with you. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, I really now just want to open it up and, and if, see if there's anything else that you want to add or anything that, that you want people, I guess, to, to keep in mind as, as you know, we're coming into this new year with the, the I mean, yeah, new, new leadership in the county. Well, you know, uh, again, there's so many considerations that come with this job. Uh, when elected, I was introduced to some stuff. Uh, and uh, since I've been chairman, I've really been introduced to some stuff, but I, I think we have to have the, the, the most effective, competent c- county leadership to, to, to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I'm leading up to economic development. Um, as far as employees, collectively, we have some of the absolute best people that, that I can think of. You know, if you look at some major corporations and they, they, they set out to hire the very best people to 
make that corporation successful. The same thing applies to government. Mm-hmm. In order for it to be effective, you got to have really good people. Right. You know, we just have a, a wonderful group of employees. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, we all know who, who we serve, and that's the citizens. And from what I've seen, not only with our supervisors, but with the, the uh, employees, is that folks have a servant's heart. I see employees go out of their way to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about Emily Ragsdale and Karen Hayes at, at uh, Community Development. They are forever going out of their way to help people. So whether it's a simple phone call or a visit or a return an email, we're not perfect, but I think our people do a fabulous job in serving the citizens. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the future, um, I don't know how much time I have, but I got to touch on economic development. I, I, like many citizens out in the Westover Tunstall District, had questions about the mega park. You know, why are we dumping all this money into that park and we don't have anything? And, you know, y'all not telling us what's going on. I could tell you, bar none, that uh, since I've been on this board and more specifically being on the RIFA board, which is the is a combined board between the city of Danville mm-hmm. and, and Pennsylvania County to where we jointly own the Burry Hill Mega Park, is that there's been a lot of fish that's come down the river and some have nibbled and some have, have really chomped at the bit. But for one reason or another, and I'm going to have to put COVID on that list, some, some of the good possibilities were sidetracked. And I never dreamed that it was as complicated as it truly is. Right. But I will tell you right now, the the corporations that maybe look somewhere else, and, and that's well-documented, or the ones that are possibly seriously looking at Pennsylvania County, once we finally land that that corporation, it's going to be a game-changer for mm-hmm. this county. There's no, no doubt about that. Right. And and who I really, really credit, uh, and over the past few months, you know, this gentleman and, and lady have not been given adequate credit is Matt Rowe and Corey Bobay. Mm-hmm. Matt is our um, economic development director for the county, and Corey is for the city. And they are they are phenomenal. I'm telling you, they mm-hmm. are absolutely phenomenal. And I just wish I could tell you more than I that's more what than I, can, I had Matt I, on here a few weeks ago, and that's what we talked about the mega park and that idea of you oh, know yeah. it's we're trying to land the big fish. This isn't the the smaller projects, oh, which listen. are still awesome that they've been landing. But this is this is the real deal with, with you know thirty five hundred acres. So you don't want to uh, uh, crowd or convolute the importance of that mega park. Mm-hmm. But, but having said that, we've been patient and we'll continue to be patient. And mm-hmm. once we once we land that that major deal. The people are going to say, "Wow, I, I see now." You know what, 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 what you were waiting on, mm-hmm. and and the the two that's in my mind, uh, like I said, either one of the two, uh, I, I would just be so grateful because uh, the majority of my family live here, and my grandchildren are here, and so that's just good for everybody. It's good for us today, and it's good for our children for the future. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just really tickled. I I just hope that something great happens before my this term of office ends. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. No, I know that's we're we're all waiting for that. And I, as as you mentioned, it's very complicated. You know, it's that's that I think that's a big part of my job is taking these really complicated, really difficult things and trying to explain it in the simplest terms possible. Um, and and say, but then you know, with economic development, we can't even say ninety percent of what's going on. Um, because it's confidential and business related and things like that. So well, let me let me add to that. You do realize, um, and I'm talking to the the listeners, is that when a major corporation 
starts looking at your locality, they have you sign confidentiality statements, mm-hmm. and that corporation is covered by codes and code names, and 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 they will tell you bar none. Um, if you leak out who we are, what what we're looking at, you can forget us. Mm-hmm. And so that is, you know, that's why it's that way. Some people don't understand that. Right. But you have to work with that corporation. You have to honor their confidentiality status. And, and of course, it goes into much more than, than that. But it's just the way business is done. Mm-hmm. And so people that go through uh, Berry Hill right now, they'll see the construction of two sides, well, entrance and exit. Um, now, the, the framework, the rock framework is in place, but the sign itself is not. Um, you know, that was compliments of a grant. So, you know, when we talk about grants, it, the cool thing is, you know, while that, that grant comes from somewhere, uh, it's not coming out of our general treasury. You know, and, and with the Berry uh, Hill Mega Park, you know, we split everything 50 50. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that is that's progress. And we, you know, we, we're waiting for the day they break ground on the connector road. Uh, until I got into this position, I, I didn't understand. So I could I could honestly say, well, what's going on? You know, I think y'all pulling my leg. But now I can honestly say there's a lot going on and I'm not pulling your leg. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mr. Ingram, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. You know, obviously we got lots of lots of changes already in the county and I'm sure you guys are going to continue, continue working that way. So I uh, appreciate your time today. Well, uh, Caleb, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I, I just wanted to uh, express, um, you know, heartfelt desire to the citizens to, you know, try not to worry. We're going to be fixing things that need to be fixed. And if you ever need us, uh, you know, we, our phone numbers are published, uh, our emails are out there, and uh, we're easy to get in touch with. And if you ever need me, just call me. And even if you don't live in my district, I'll, I'll call you back. It might take me a while because I'm inundated with calls and messages. But, yeah, uh, we're there for the people, and all they have to do is just reach out for us. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Mr. Ingram, thanks for being here. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, Give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.